Welcome to season two of the Inches Podcast. Really excited for the new format this season. Added Rich Franklin, VP of sponsorship for the Portland Winter Hawks Hockey Club. Uh, he's had way too much knowledge not to get him on weekly, uh, especially with the talks that we have. So, new format, same great insights on sports sponsorship. Here we go, season two, the Inches Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. This is Nick Lawson with the Inches podcast back at it again. We took a little break after season one, uh, wanted to regroup, learn some things. Um, but for those of you who don't know, the Inches podcast is a podcast that looks at sports sponsorship events, sponsorship, and how digital is affecting the industry. I know we had a lot of great guests on last season, um, but this season we have a brand new co-host, Rich Franklin, here. Uh, on the podcast, we'll be bringing him in each week. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rich is the VP of Sponsorship here at the Portland Winterhawks uh, Hockey Club, and the Winterhawks were our first client. Was it been four years now? Something like that. Yeah, four years, five years, yeah. something. In that. And it took me this long to get on your podcast. I know like, it's I'm, you know it's a little embarrassing, but um, the big reason why I'm bringing Rich on here is you know Rich and I do a lot of work together. We do a lot of sponsorship work together, um, getting assets together. And whenever I come into his office, there's always something from his experience in the past of radio as well as sports um, that is just so applicable to today. Uh, And I had to start getting those stories recorded, getting them out there so that our young generation of sports sponsorship who have not known some of these things, we can hear this, we can dictate what it means in the digital world of today, which is basically what I do. Whenever Rich says we used to do this, I... You'll probably hear it today with our conversation. I always say, well, that's basically this, but with Facebook ads or with digital. Um, So I'm really excited to kind of get this going and and coming on. So thanks, Rich, kind of for coming on and being my co-host, carving out some of this time. Looking forward to it. This is a weekly gig? This is a weekly gig. Wow. I don't know if if you signed up for that, but that's that's, (laughs) that's fine. I'm just making sure I'm going to put this on my calendar every week. Yep. So as you can see on the inches, we we do things by the seat of our pants. I don't know. (laughs) There we go. Um, So Rich, would love to have you just go quick background. I obviously know your background kind of within sponsorship ad sales, but we'd love Mm -hmm. for you to just get your quick background so people know that you know what you're talking about, have the experience, all of that. So uh, I'm a Seattle, Washington native. I was born in Seattle in 1966. I uh, grew up in uh, Seattle my whole life, and uh, much of my uh, growing up years was uh, growing up around sports, uh-huh. and in particular sports business. Uh, my father worked for KIRO, Cairo Radio, in Seattle from 1974 until the 90s, sometime late 90s, I think it was. And uh, a good chunk of that uh, career at Cairo, he was the sports sales manager when Cairo was the flagship station for primarily the Seattle Seahawks and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, but then in the midst there, they were also carrying uh, University of Washington Huskies sports, uh, the Seattle Supersonics, and maybe even the Cougars one year or two. Okay. So I grew up um, in a sports household. Uh, we went to a lot of games, but I saw a lot of it from the business side of the sports industry and then played sports myself. Uh, graduated from the University of Washington, got into the radio business, although not necessarily in the sports side. Uh, spent, uh, boy, close to 25 years, first in Seattle and later down here in Portland in the uh, in the radio business. 
uh, doing sales, sales management and uh, as a general manager. Uh, got out of uh, radio, got into business for myself, actually was in the beer and wine business. Uh, had a successful retail store in Vancouver, Washington for about 12 years. Um, and was coming to Portland Winterhawks hockey games strictly as a fan. Uh, got to know some of the folks here in the front office. Uh, offered to help out with a couple of their sponsorship deals. And after doing that, just kind of on an ad hoc basis for a couple of years, uh, they asked me to come on board as their uh, VP of Corporate Partnerships. And I have been in that role now. Just finished my eighth season with the Portland Winterhawks of the Western Hockey League. Yeah, and I'll say, you know, if you don't know, Western Hockey League, junior hockey, um, quote-unquote minor league hockey, but Rich has been able to bring in huge sponsorships uh, overall um, to the team, um, and that's what gets me excited, just some of the sponsors we work with, with you all on the digital side. So um, this is no minor league, small, small, small. This is big-time, big-time brands. This is this is major junior uh, it's it's better. It's probably better known up in Canada mm-hmm. because uh, the the junior hockey route is uh, is the primary developmental route for the sport of hockey for most of the world, uh, but especially up in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have aspirations of playing pro hockey, you go play major junior uh, in uh, teams like London, the London Knights, or uh, uh, the, the Vancouver Giants, or Portland Winterhawks, or teams like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually compete with NCAA uh, collegiate hockey for players. So we're we're up here in the Northwest. We're kind of a little bit different model. Uh, but if you had to compare it to something, uh, it's probably closest to D1 college hockey. Yeah. And the Winterhawks, uh, Cody Glass, first ever first-round pick for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. So we're talking top, top. Uh, uh, Ryan... Ryan Johansson with the uh, uh, Nashville Predators, uh, Nino Niederreiter now with Carolina. Uh, lots of guys. I think we had 22, 21, 22 alumni of the Portland Winterhawks play in the NHL last year. Yeah. Uh, probably our best-known alumnus is a guy named Cam Neely, president of the Boston Bruins, hockey Hall of Famer. So, yeah, the, uh, the Winterhawks are known as one of the bigger, better uh, major junior hockey franchises in North America. Yep. And not to keep to their own uh, horn. But why not? <laughs> but why not? Isn't that what this is about? Exactly. Um, but no, again, getting quick background here, and we'll jump into actually a story last Thursday. We came in to talk about getting this podcast going, and, and, and Rich just brought up um, sort of a concept that's really applicable to today, um, which is the stunt, which I called the turn for a long, long time. It is the stunt. It's uh, and it's, you know, the story he told, which he'll get into here in a second, is massively applicable to minor, major, um, whatever. If you're really trying to make that turn to grab attention, um, it makes total, total sense. Um, so, Rich, without further ado, I'll, I'll jump into it. And I'm actually going to give two examples of, of some of the better um, better stunts that I've seen. And basically, a stunt is a situation when... when uh, when you're in the radio business, sometimes you're making a big change and you want to get noticed. And you want to get noticed primarily by your 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 primary listener, your primary consumer. But sometimes you're doing some things as well to just raise your profile um, in the marketplace overall. And I told Nick um, about two memorable ones. And uh, one of these is going to involve right off the bat 
the ultimate name dropping here. Uh, when I was at a station in Seattle called KZOK, uh, 102.5 FM, which is still in business playing classic rock, um, we'd had a morning show team that had been in place for several years. They were doing okay. Uh, we decided we needed to give our morning show a jolt of, of energy. And so we hired uh, these uh, these two guys from outside the market. Uh, they were from Phoenix, Arizona. And one of them was uh, a guy named Kent Voss, who had been in the radio business for quite some time. And the other was a young, unknown, just recent college graduate from Arizona State University named Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, no so, yeah. So we actually hired <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel as uh, co-host of our morning show. But, you know, this was this was not the Jimmy Kimmel of, of ABC Late Night today. This was unknown Jimmy Kimmel. We decided, well, how are we going to introduce these guys to the market? What's going to get us some attention? So what we did was we decided that uh, we needed to have them arrive in town in classic style. And so the, uh, the local Shriners uh, organization had this big... Uh, steam pipe organ, a calliope. And we decided it would be fun to have uh, Kent and uh, Jimmy ride into town and arrive at the station by driving up I-5 through downtown Seattle during morning rush hour. Uh, and I think we actually broadcast portions of their show live from the steam calliope uh, as it's playing music and everything else. Now with Seattle's traffic as bad then as it is. Well, this was 1988. Okay. I think it was. 89. So a little, a little bit less. It was a little bit less. It was still bad. Uh, but, oh my gosh. I mean, it just, it it was everywhere. What's going on? Why is there a steam calliope with these two guys on it uh, on I-5 in the middle of downtown Seattle on, during morning rush hour? And so, oh, well, it's the new morning team at Daisy OK. So, you know, that's a great example of something that we did. It was kind of a one-time, one-shot deal, but it got us a lot of attention. And it, it uh, uh, was sort of a market-wide sort of a thing. Uh, hey, who are these guys? Maybe I'm going to give them a listen. Unless, of course, it made you late for mm-hmm. your meeting that morning and you lost your job, in which case, you know, but sorry. But even then you're talking about it. But even then, you're, here, here we are, you know, 31 years later still talking about yeah. it. So, and then the other example is on a, on a smaller basis. Uh, this was when I was working for a different company. We bought an AMFM in Wenatchee, Washington. Uh, small central Washington market, great little town. Um, we did our research. We were buying this station, and we just decided that the format that it was carrying just wasn't a good fit for the market. We needed to do something else. So we researched the market. We researched um, what the opportunities were. There was one great big huge audience country station in town called sunny fm and i mean they've been the the, the the big giant station for years and we said all right we're going to take them on we think that there's an opportunity here uh we got in discovered you know how many songs they were playing an hour how many commercial units an hour uh how we were going to position ourselves and basically we took the approach of we were going to be the new country station mm-hmm. and not just new in that it's the new country signal on the dial, but it's going to be not your dad's or your grandfather's uh, new country, uh, old country. This is going to be new country. And the face, literally the face of country at that point, and this was 1995, was Garth Brooks. And Garth uh, had in late 94, I think it was, put out his uh, hits, his greatest hits uh, album. And it was the one where 
uh, on the cover, it's Garth's face with like a, a red, white, and blue with a white star and everything. And we said, that's it. That's, that's how we're going to do it. We did our research, uh, discovered what we called certain hot zips, which was uh, a way of saying, look, we know that country listenership in these particular zip codes uh, is, is really strong. So we focused on a lot of those hot zips uh, with some billboards. We did some direct mail, things like that. And all it was was Garth's face and that dial position right there. Um, but then we also stunted over Memorial Day weekend of 1995. Three o'clock Friday afternoon. Uh, I think the last song that they played was uh, "The End" by The Doors, which was kind of appropriate. Uh, starting at three o one p.m. and all weekend long, we were Kate Garth, and we literally just played no commercials, nothing but Garth Brooks nonstop. And we just wanted to get the town talking. And boy, did they start talking! Uh, we get through the weekend, and it just took off like a it was really something. Everybody was talking about it. The business community was also talking about it. It's like, whoa, who are these guys? What's going on? They're really shaking up the uh, uh, the, the local broadcast media landscape. So I use these as an example of if you're going to get into, for example, digital, since that's what this is, you know, a lot of this discussion is about, do something that's going to get noticed. Um, do your research. Um, and you had pointed out some things based on what I had mentioned earlier uh, about the stunting with the hot zips and so on and so forth, kind of what the comparables are today and, and so forth. And I'll let you address that. But all I'm going to say is if you're going to get into it, jump in, do something big, get do something that's going to get noticed. The beauty of digital is it's not that expensive mm -hmm. in the big picture. Um, these days, your ability to target the right people and reach a pretty broad audience uh, is is pretty impressive. And I'll let you uh, draw the parallels now. Well, and this is why I love coming in and chatting with you because, and this is the first time I heard the Jimmy Kimmel story. And the first thing that I'm thinking in my head is a Facebook Live video filming going down the highway. Right, and think of the massive amount of attention that that grabs. And what I love about this is the stunt is nothing new, right? I think what digital can do is make it easier than ever. So, you know, when we had chatted last time, you were talking about hot zips. You knew direct mail campaigns would work here to get people listening and, and billboard ads. Mm -hmm. That cost thousands and thousands of dollars that were, I wouldn't say unrefundable, but. Um, if, if it, after two hours you knew that the billboard wasn't working anymore, you couldn't just turn it off. Right. The modern equivalent today, and what I immediately thought of when you brought the story up, was Facebook ads. Understanding, okay, within this community, what demographics do we really want to hit? Mm -hmm. um, the difference is, is you could do a cost-per-click campaign, only pay for the clicks that then goes to directly to the radio broadcast um, you know, wherever they see that, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, even Twitter, and then you can get that cost per click down to 30 cents a click. And if it's not working for that demographic, you can turn it off right. and then target a new demographic. And that's where, you know, the stories uh, all stand true. I mean, we did a podcast last year with Mark Davies. I was going over it. Uh, he was the head of Swansea City FC for sponsorship. Um, and his big thing was when I asked him, hey, what digital outlets are you looking at? He was like, look, we just figured out Facebook. 
and now all of a sudden it's Snapchat. But the key thing you don't uh, that doesn't change is the emotion that comes with the game. It's right. really just sports are emotional. That's right. why people follow them. The stories are emotional. Yeah. Um, our job is not to master this piece of technology. It's to understand that Facebook has a ton of attention. How do I then tell that story just like I tried to tell that story through direct mail? Right. Um, so, so again, the turn, and I think a lot of, again, minor league or you're not the top dog in your market or you are the top dog in your market and you're really trying to push even further. Right. If you're smart about the turn, the turn, you know, everybody talks about viral videos, which I would say today the turn is, is the equivalent of a viral video. Yeah. It's grabbing that attention. Um, well, it's grabbing the attention and have people talking about it. We didn't have social media. <laughs> Man, do I sound old, but, uh, but I'm really not, I swear. Uh, but the thing of it is, is, yeah, you wanted somebody saying, hey, did you hear that new country station that's at, you know, 104.9 FM? Uh, they're doing nothing but Garth Brooks all weekend. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was sort of the equivalent of the viral video. Uh, having people sharing, having people talking about it, sort of getting its um, life of its own and gaining that kind of momentum. Um, and, and the other thing that you said that I'm a big believer in is you don't have to be the, the biggest in the market. You don't, I mean, there's only one number one, right? And a lot of times, uh, you know, in my world, I'm not the biggest sports franchise in Portland, Oregon. Okay. I'm in, I'm up against the, Portland Trailblazers. I'm up against the Portland Timbers, the University of Oregon Ducks. I mean, I'm up against some pretty big competition, but that's okay. I don't have to. Be. One of the things that digital allows me to do is to do something, you know, like a stunt or do something in a digital uh, rollout that um, can make as much impact and get results. You know, we, we used to say, or I still sometimes say, it's not about counting the number of people that you reach, it's about reaching the people that count. Mm -hmm. And the thing about digital and retargeting and all that is it really allows us to do that, not only from our own team standpoint, but for our sponsors as well. And it costs you a tenth of that. Yeah. And the, the, the big thing I always love, and, and I love our, our top-tier major league teams, and of course you can do this as a top-tier major league oh, yeah. client, oh, yeah. but what I love is almost that David and Goliath ability with some of this digital stuff. Again, you could have a $500 marketing budget and at 30 cents a click, meaning that you're only paying for people to click it, you're basically getting people to see it for free right? because you're targeting 30 cents a click, $500. You could, targeting the right people, you could take over the entire market yeah. if the content is If there. the content's robust enough and engaging enough, um, and it changes too how you approach it from a sales standpoint, because now you're selling ideas and results. Yeah. You're not necessarily saying, you know, buy from me because I'm the biggest. Mm -hmm. It's here's an idea. Here's something that we've done before. Here's who we would target. Here's what the response has been. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with some of the things that we've done this past season where you know, we really took a deep jump into um, digital sponsorship, a uh, couple of things that might perk up the ears of the sponsorship folks out there. We are making money and we are making good money. Mm -hmm. With our digital, we have officially uh, monetized and are net profitable uh -huh. on our digital and our app. Uh -huh. um, and we've done it in a way that we're engaging with fans. The sponsor loves it. Now I've got something that I can take, not that same product, but I can take a different digital product 
uh, to a different sponsor and say, hey, look, this is what we've done with these guys over here. This is the response. Uh, these are the results. This is, you know, they're very, very happy with it. Um, you're not out there selling gross impressions. You're out there selling targeted uh, to a passionate fan base that gets response, gets results, and that's what they're looking for. And that's really intriguing to me because you just brought up a point of, of now how I'm thinking about it is short-term stuff versus long-term stuff. Short-term, let's do some crazy viral thing to grab attention. Long-term stuff, let's, we know that you know maybe we're not getting as many quote-unquote impressions as the Trailblazers. But how do we get that sponsor when you walk in? We're not going to go head to head and say, this is how many people came to my game compared to the Blazers game. Obviously, this is how many people follow us on Facebook compared to that. But you're going to sponsors and saying this, look, we have these activations that not a lot of teams here are doing. Right. It fits your goals. Um, let's do some stuff. And that's what, you know, that's how you and I work together. I make the activations, you go and sell them. But a lot of the times it was you come to me saying, hey, Nick, Toyota wants to do this. Can we find a digital activation that we can be different? We can grab that attention and be successful. And that's the long-term stuff. The long-term stuff is let's really change the way we think about how we're selling sponsorship. We're obviously still selling in-statement signage and things like that. But if we want to go get some of the bigger brands and we're competing with some of the bigger brands short-term for attention, let's do this short-term stuff viral video, whatever. Yeah. Long term, let's really think about in the next three years how we can go from number three to number two with some of these or number three to number one yeah. with some of these. Um, and that's what I think is the biggest, biggest deal there um, on the stunt is understanding that, especially today for how cheap it is, there's no reason why you can't go from number three to number one. Yeah, You can do some things to unequivocally take that and change that. Um, one good stunt just to put it into today's perspective that I thought of was, I don't know if how many people have heard about this, but Hartford Yard Goats, minor league baseball team in Hartford, Connecticut, um, they made it so that their stadium is not free, which in baseball Jeez, is... that's, uh, you're, you're tampering with tradition right. there, big, big time. And, and, and again, it's, it's a stunt that made sense for them. They said, hey, look, there's a lot of families in the area that have nut allergies. So... You know, when the peanuts are being handled, you know, hey, this is not a safe environment. What I thought was intriguing on their stunt side, which, again, the core for why they did the change was more fan experience. Um, obviously, you can't sing, take me out to the ballpark and say, buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks in the stadium. Yeah. What one of their stunts is, and this is just to the point where I talk about it all the time. And to be honest, there's a ton of minor league teams, a ton of minor league teams uh, in baseball are doing it. Ton of crazy stuff. That's how they get noticed. Mm-hmm. I, I would say probably that sport industry of minor league baseball is where you see the most stunts, where they're doing crazy logos or you know doing different jerseys. But I will remember the Hartford Yard Goats for the rest of the season because they're the team that took contract test entries for what is a better alternative to change something that unanimously is that's yeah. what you do. Well. Um, now, now, the only thing that, that, and maybe they did do this, Hartford Yard Goats, if you're listening, please please <laughs> let us know if this is what you're doing. Did you monetize that? Mm-hmm. Is this a stunt for the sake of doing a stunt, or are you doing this because, you know, well, in the case that you had mentioned, it's a deal with peanut allergies and so on and so forth, so we're trying to make it more family-friendly, and I get that. But 
See, what you probably should have also been doing is, is contacting the, uh, this is in Connecticut. Yeah. There's probably like a Connecticut uh, Carrot Growers Association or something like that. Something. And instead of buying me peanuts and Cracker Jacks, it's buy me some uh, organic carrots and, uh, you know, kale. Yeah. Something like that. And, you know, the, the, the Modesto nuts are a team that literally anything with Modesto nuts. Um, how do you build that into it? I mean, you could build an entire campaign saying, hey, sorry, Modesto, you're not allowed to understand. Right. Right. So there's many terms within that. But, but you know, I would argue that they've already monetized because now you're thinking about the Hartford Yard Goats. So next time you're in a brand sponsorship meeting, you're yeah. saying, you know, there's this really crazy story that I heard, you know, yeah. analogy and makes total sense. Well, how do we, how do we become a part of that? Yeah. Right when and, you were never talked to. And about. don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not saying you gotta you gotta sell every square inch <laughs> for sure. of you know you know. There's there's something to be said for not blatantly monetizing your PR. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you can, do it absolutely. You know? And if if the brand syncs up, I mean, that's it's literally sponsorship. Is you're helping tell the brand story through an activation through your team. And if a brand syncs up with that, where there is a nut-free facility or a nut-free trail mix, which would be hard, but a nut-free trail mix, man, I would be the official sponsor of that seventh inning stretch, taking out to the ballpark, minus the nuts. Um, but I think, you know, again, there's so many teams out there, minor, major. The ones I'm going to remember are the ones that are doing these stunts to grab that attention. Um, and I think that, what I like about Hartford is very authentic. This is why we're doing this. We're not really doing it just because we want to shake up the game and make more money. We're doing this because we've seen some success. I think they ran two test games last season mm -hmm. where they did nut free and fans weren't, you know, the fans who wanted the peanuts weren't too upset because, hey, I get it. You know, kids have food allergies. Um, but I will remember of all the teams, if you ask me, hey, name a few minor league baseball teams, I'll remember the Hartford Yard Goats because of that stunt that they pulled. Um, so I think the key thing here, and again, the key thing I took away is, one, today it's even easier. I mean, imagine if on Garth Brooks Radio, you had Facebook ads, and you could target only that area, right. and say, hey, tune in right now, yeah. and by the way, we're giving away tickets, hey, this is this, instead of billboards, how much money you could have saved by doing that, uh, which is exactly what you can do today. Or if we had Facebook Live with Jimmy Kimmel's, Playing the Calliope I mean, on I five in downtown Seattle. I mean, you, you could have Russia. not that Jimmy Kimmel's career isn't catapulted, but you could have maybe catapulted. Well, his I like career. to think that I, in some <laughs> small way, uh, myself and the uh, team at uh, KZOK right. Seattle did help get Jimmy to where he is today. Right. So, Jimmy, if you're listening, <laughs> listen, congratulations. We're proud of you. Uh, we don't know why you don't uh, come to the reunion uh, get-togethers, but uh, mm -hmm. you know. Next time we'll get you. We'll get you, or even get you all down to the show. Get you some. Tickets. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be. Amazing. I got a picture of. Uh, I proposed to my wife. Talk about your stunts. I proposed <laughs> to my wife at a at a station um, event, and uh, I've got a picture of me down on my knee putting a ring on my wife's uh, finger, and uh, there in the background is Jimmy Kimmel. Nice. You know, <laughs> he looked a little different. Than he had these right. big thick glasses, <laughs> but it's him. I swear. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so again, for, for teams listening out there, for brands listening out there, um, again, the insight for today's episode is find your stunt, really make it authentic to really fit what you're doing. But a lot of times we think, especially on the minor league side, or again, you're the number two uh, up against the number one, a stunt today is easier than ever. Don't just do the status quo saying, oh, we have to do this big, crazy thing, right? 
and I, I can imagine a lot of you know a lot of stunts lose, right? Oh yeah. And in in today's age, I mean, if you would have lost on a Darth Brooks stunt, you would have lost a decent amount of money. It would have probably been worth it because um, that's the shot you have to take, right? Well, and it was you know we're blowing up an old format. We're we're no longer doing. We weren't doing country before. It was kind of this quirky, you know, adult alternative where we're playing, you know, deep cuts from Uriah Heep, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is a band you've never heard. Of. But <laughs> anyway, um, but you know, it, it's again, it's you're you're kind of blowing up the station. You want to get a fresh start. You're you're getting noticed. And in this case, as I say, it's not necessarily a case of of you know we're trying to drive some people away. It's more how do we get this this new feature or this new element or this new game noticed um, within not only our fan base, but in the the broader community in a a great way, as you said, that we've been able to do it. And since you mentioned Toyota earlier, it it is with Toyota (laughs) who I'm working with is, you know, using that retargeting, identifying uh, who is in the market to purchase a vehicle and who has uh, a connection via their social media uh, or they play a game with, uh, with the Portland Winterhawks, not a game like played on the ice, but they played our, our trivia game through our app. Um, and really kind of connecting that last dot in the, in the process of bringing the fan slash consumer directly to the sponsor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as I say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go into details about some of the, some of the dollars that are associated with this, but, um, it does. It's it's doing well for us. Um, it demonstrates to the client, in this case Toyota. Hey, look, you know, we're not going to just put this up there and, and cross our fingers and hope it works. And we're gonna we're gonna get you measurable results. We tell them exactly how many people are uh, connecting with this. In fact, uh, one of the problems, if you can even call it a problem, that we've had with this is it's almost worked too well. Uh, we've got a lot more people because we're doing some things with some pricing and incentives and some VIP uh, hospitality at our games and things like that. Um, we've actually got more people responding to these uh, targeted Facebook offers than we can accommodate in suites or in a VIP seating area and, and things like that at our games. So one of the things that we're doing in the off season is saying, okay, you know, how do we how do we now connect Toyota with these other folks mm-hmm. that are responding to this, they're clearly passionate about the team. Uh, they're in the market to purchase a vehicle. And uh, that's one of the things we'll be addressing during the off season, but it's a good problem to have. Exactly. And that's, I think the big thing uh, for you all is again, the turn, you couldn't keep the status quo. Like if you, so you kind of had to make a turn. I sort of on. I got to do something. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a three state radio network. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I have some games on TV, but I don't have the whole season on TV. Um, I don't have a a marketing and social media staff of 25 to do all this. I got and I don't have the unlimited budget. Uh, I got to make my dollars count and, and my sponsors' dollars as well. And so um, you know, this is a way that, that we are able to you know really you know level the playing field a little bit and say okay. Um, you know, maybe I don't have the, the three state radio network and so on and so forth, but I am delivering uh, your message combined with our branding, tapping into that sports team passion and delivering that message to this to this consumer and, and connecting the two of you directly. 
Yeah. They love it. I mean, the sponsor absolutely loves it. And I think, I mean, you, I don't know if you know this or uh, if you want to hear this, but we have done some tests with trivia. But to be honest, I had no idea that that the, the response was going to be this. I knew it would work. I had an idea on the retargeting, and I think this is going to work. But <laughs> it's really weird. Right. And that's the thing. That's why you take these risks. And again, that's why, you know, today you take it digitally, well, you know, less money of a risk, but you take it because and you, now and to it's. Tie this, yeah. And to tie this in with the stunting, you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you cannot miss this. Home games, road games, yeah. uh, social media. You if, can't miss if it. If somebody doesn't like trivia, then they're probably a little yeah. nauseous with the amount of time. But I mean, you know, they, uh, I, I, I mentioned this before. I mean, the people that, that watch Jeopardy, mm-hmm. you know, old people, young people, male, female, you know, whatever. It seems like everybody likes a good trivia question. And so we've tied it into a, to a gaming product that, uh, that a lot of people seem to enjoy. We do kind of a nice balance of, you know, hardcore questions along with some real guineas, some real fun, easy ones, just to keep everybody involved and everybody engaged. Uh, there's prizing every time we play it. You're going to win something. Uh, if it's a home game, it's going to be different than if it's a road game. But the other thing that digital does allow us to do, too, is take some of these in-arena, uh, in-game promotions and contests and now run them. Uh, outside of the arena for road games, or in some cases, we can run them during the off season. And there's some things that we're working on that we'll do over the course of uh, over the summer when the uh, when the Winterhawks aren't playing hockey, uh, but still keep our fans engaged, to still keep them connected with the team and the sponsor. Um, but it's uh, you know, as I said, from a stunting standpoint, this was this was like having those billboards in those hot zips. You just couldn't miss it. Yeah. No, and that's again. As we as we wind down this episode, what wind I mean, down? Wind, wind it down. We I, I thought we were hours. doing. Was it? Are we doing this for six hours? This <laughs> is a six-hour podcast. That's not that was, so much. Okay. Our, our stunt was going to be a six-hour marathon. <laughs> we sat here all day and talked about that. And we didn't <laughs> stop until we got a certain <laughs> number of likes, right? And um, then we'll climb down off the. Road I would not suggest that stunt, but no, okay. um, But but no, just do not be afraid to make that stunt. Don't be confined by your team size or what the market may think you absolutely can make that jump when, when other people are not making that jump just from understanding. And I think the two use cases that Mitch brought up in the beginning of the show, shift that to digital. It's even probably easier to make it work, but those things work. Um, and, so, and then the, the revenue guy on the podcast here, I guess I'm your co-host now okay. is find a way to monetize it. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's great. You can do art for art's sake and I understand it and that's important. Okay. And I'm not saying you got to, do it on every single case, but if you're going to go to the work to do it, you may as well find a way to, to have it sponsored and, and make it uh, financially worthwhile. Because as I say, I mean, we're, our, our digital and our app and everything else that we're doing is now you know, net revenue positive, mm-hmm. and uh, that keeps the accounting department happy yep. as we're writing checks for our activations and things like that. Yep. Definitely. All right. Um, well, thanks so much, Rich. Quick preview into next um, episode because now Rich is signed on for once a week. I guess so. Um, we're going to talk about how sponsorship sales uh, in a recession changes, and that just means um, I was I, the last recession. I was graduating high school and going to college. I have never been in the environment and market um, with a recession going on. So next next episode. 
definitely come back, which is going to let me know when and we've already kind of had this chat, but I think it's really important for all us young guns out there who are like, this is beautiful. Everybody has money. Marketing budgets are huge. What happens when the money starts to dry up? Well, and what are some strategies to make it work? And let's face it, I mean, budgets are tight all the time. But yep. what do you do when, when you know, a, a bad piece of news hits or some mm-hmm. crisis hits or something like that? Things start to tighten up. People get a little nervous. How do you uh, how do you deal with a situation like that from a from a sports sponsorship standpoint? Yeah, so, and I'm really excited about that. So, Nick, if people want to get a hold of you, how do they do that? Definitely connect with us on LinkedIn. We do a lot of LinkedIn posts. Um, it's just Nick Lawson to search co-founder of Squad, um, and that's really the main way I put the podcast out. Um, I'm sure Mitch has LinkedIn. We'll, we'll I've got a LinkedIn. So uh, Rich Franklin, uh, VP of Corporate Partnerships for the Portland Winterhawks. Uh, I also have his email. Uh, if somebody has any questions or wants to follow up on anything, feel free to email me. My email address is richf, R-I-C-H-F, at winterhawksforward.com. That's amazing. Very nice. I say follow me on LinkedIn. Rich says email. Obviously, I have Well, with the LinkedIn, that's the, that's, the, that's, that's the difference here, kind of uh, just on, the, on kind of how we operate. So it's intriguing. Um, do you have so a toll-free number, do you? I, like the I wish. I mean, if, <laughs> if you want to talk about this time, if somebody brought back a toll-free number and posted on the social, yeah, man, you, yeah. would get, you would get some calls. Pull, pull the typewriter out of the closet. <laughs> right. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Rich. Thanks you got to with you next week. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, definitely reach out uh, to either Rich or myself on LinkedIn. Uh, tell us what you thought. Tell us if you have any stunts that you all have performed. In fact, if you have one, reach out, comment, uh, you know, on, on this post uh, and on the podcast, and maybe we'll give you a shout-out if, if we think it's a good stuff. Awesome. Thanks so much, everybody. 